So we were talking to a man, down, Gary. Gary is here with us now, Gary Dunn, and Gary is going to tell us what we're seeing. And um, there's what, what's going on here, Gary. Well, Austin, you met Amanda inside, and now yeah. you see Amanda in her work role. She's in our stand arena, and we have one, two, three, four, five, five. Hello, <laughs> five children here who have come up for riding lessons. Five local children, and they're here on a regular basis. Are you always on the same horse? Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. What's your name? Hannah. Hi, Hannah. <laughs> uh, and Austin, most of these children have been with us since they started to ride, since they were seven or eight or nine years of age. So this would be kind of an intermediate group where they have progressed to the stage now where they're riding independently on their ponies, they're jumping a little course of fences which you can see in front of you here. Yeah. And they've all been brought along by Amanda and that's Amanda's forte, working with children. Now Gary, they, when you said they, they, we can see the fences and we can, so they're walking around this paddock or this area? This sandarina, yeah. And it's yes, about the size of a soccer pitch? Roughly. Roughly, yeah, roughly and the size of a soccer pitch. Uh, so they're walking the perimeter at the moment, and we're looking out and we're seeing two, four, six, eight, ten um, jumps. Yes. Um, that yes. have been laid out. That's right. So it's, and what I'm trying to do here is set the context where we can't see the space, but to say in the size of a soccer pitch, we're seeing roughly two, four, six, seven, eight horses as well. Yeah. And they will then work their way around, weave their way through the course and go over the jumps. Well, what Amanda's doing now is warming them up. Okay. So they've just started their, their riding exercises. So they'll start off, Amanda will warm them up, get them to do their exercises with the horses, get them limbered up. Uh, and all this will be in preparation to, at the end of the exercise, the children will end up jumping the course of fences. So it's, it's a process from walking in the beginning, making sure everything is correct, that the kids are comfortable, the horses are alright, and then at the end of the session they'll end up jumping their little courses of fences, um, and, and, and so it's the stage from the beginning right through to the end. What has been the youngest pupil, would you say? You've oh, we've, we, well, we don't like them coming too young, you know, but we like them coming, you know, maybe starting off at around six or seven years, years of age is perfect, right. um, because at that stage you can work with them and they understand what you're trying to get them to do. If they're too young, it's very difficult to work with them. Really, it's, it's more leading them around and just letting them have the pleasure of sitting on a horse. Right. Amanda's uh, forte would be when they get to a certain stage to bring them through to the stage where they're jumping courses of fences here at home and eventually going to shows and competing uh, at shows on a national on a national basis. So, so that's what really that's the way that the business operates. Now the other thing we're looking at here is different size of horses because the kids are of different ages. Yes. So the smaller the smallest horse that may be in the room here at the moment as against the largest. How many hands? Well, now I'll, I'll tell you exactly how it works and the, how the structure works, Austin, here in, our, in Ireland. The, the smallest pony category would be 12 two hands and under. So that would be the little 
chestnut pony here. You okay, see the, yeah. the little, the one with the reddish colored pony. Yeah. And he, uh, Kai would be the, the, the youngest uh, young man on this particular lesson. Kai, how old are you now? Eleven. Kai is eleven. Okay. Yeah. So, and this size pony, twelve two, is designed for children twelve years of age and under. Okay. So. When they achieve their 12th birthday, then they move up to the next size of pony, which will be this little one here, which will be a 13-2. Okay. Okay. And then the bigger ones, 13-2, when they're, they ride 13-2s until they're 14 years of age, and when they're between 14 and 16, they move up to the 14-2 pony. Okay. And that, that's the way it's, it's structured. It works very well because the smaller children and the smaller pony, and, you know, they learn all their basics on on the smaller pony and then progress along as they get a little bit older. Now the ponies themselves then, so, so as ponies age they grow, but are no, some breeds... No, no they don't, in okay. actual fact the pony who is 12-2 there, the smallest pony, she is eight or nine years of age and she will not grow any bigger. Okay. It's not like where uh, a mare would have a foal, the foal is small when it's young and it grows, Ponies are bred to be ponies, they're bred to be small and will never grow any bigger than the size that you see them there. All those ponies you have seen have finished growing. They're ponies for children. And so it's not like humans where you might have one of your kids might be five foot six and the other might be six foot four. Not necessarily, but <laughs> generally speaking, if they're if they're a twelve-two pony, that's the height they will be for life. They don't grow. Yeah. You know, after a certain age, really after the age of four, they grow very little. Four okay. years of age. Okay. So, so that really, a horse or a pony won't grow very much after the age of four. So no. that that will tell you the height they're going to be for life. Really. Now the other thing I suppose in other animals that we'd be familiar with, with dogs, we we know there's all these different breeds. Yes. So you can have a terrier and you know a terrier is a particular size. Correct. And you have an Irish Wolfhound and you know that's another size. Well that's a great comparison. Right. Because you have your Jack Russell and your Irish Wolfhound. Right. And they're never going to be any bigger or smaller than they are when they're one or eighteen months Old. But we call a Jack Russell a Jack Russell and we call an Irish Wolfhound an Irish Wolfhound. We do. Do we? Are, are horses similarly? Well, yes, you have breeds. You see, you have the Irish Connemara pony. Yeah. So he, that would be a particular breed. And generally speaking, their average size would be between 14 hands and 14 two as a breed. Right. You, we have, there's Welsh mountain ponies, and generally speaking, their height will be between 12 two and 13 two. So it's a little bit like the dog scenario. Okay, so then with that, likewise, you would have different breeds that would be um, for working horses as against show horses, as against race horses, again, all different... Absolutely, absolutely. So, say, traditionally in Ireland, the two traditional breeds that we've always had would have been the Connemara Pony and the Irish Draft Horse. So the Irish Draft Horse, for example, would have traditionally, many years ago, be a big, strong, robust type of horse that would have been used on the farms mm -hmm. to assist with ploughing and pulling carts and general work, you dray horses. You see old pictures in, in Dublin City of the old Irish draft horse mm -hmm. pulling the drays with the Guinness around to the pubs. So mm -hmm. They would be specifically Irish, Irish bred horses, but then you have the thoroughbred horse, which Ireland is famous for throughout the world, the thoroughbred racehorse. You know, we, we, we probably breed 
the best thoroughbred horses in the world, as you'll see from the great success the likes of Aidan O'Brien and Coolmore Stud have with, with their breeding program, their winning races all over the world. Aidan O'Brien broke the world record for the number of Group 1 winning horses last year, winning all over the world, including in America, Australia, England, Ireland. So, yes, different horses for different categories, different breeds for different jobs. Now, we're in Wicklow at the moment, and I know Wicklow and Kildare are very strong when it comes to the horse industry. Yes. Is there a reason for that? That's a good question. Kildare would be extremely strong and would be, I suppose, the main county for racing because you have the racing headquarters of Ireland, the Curragh in Kildare, right. where all the big races are run, all the grade one races, the classic races. Traditionally, that's where they have been run. The, uh, the land is extremely uh, good for training racehorses. You have that sand-based soil, you know, where traditionally horses could be worked on a regular basis, unlike a lot of the other countries. For example, down the west it might be a little bit more difficult right. to gallop horses in the fields that it might be a little bit wetter than it would be in the Curra. I know now we have a lot of all weather surfaces, like you see in our arena here, yeah. for exercise purpose, but years ago all the work would have been done on grass and so consequently the Curra was the perfect county and terrain for training horses. Right. So that, that's how you might regionally see you know, areas of excellence in any particular aspect of, of the horse, the horse right. business. Yeah. And then, um, so if that's Kildare, Wicklow then, is there a strong horse tradition There's here? a huge horse tradition here in, in Wicklow. But in, in Wicklow it, it would be general horsemanship so you could have some people training horses some people breeding show jumpers traditionally there's three or four local hunts here as well so yes Wicklow is very popular for, for horses and ponies and all the different equine uh, disciplines right. whereas the Curra would be primarily a, a, a racing area yeah you mentioned hunting Yes. Hunting was big all over the country many, many years ago. And yes. Uh, certainly not as um, socially acceptable in, in many ways still, uh, is not as popular um, and there wouldn't be as many hunts. But has certain areas, again, the likes of Wicklow or certain areas of the country where the hunt has survived? Well, funny enough, locally here we have three local hunts. We have the Wicklow hunt, we have the Bray hunt, and we have the East Wicklow hunt, and they all hunt in this general area. Um, so hunting is still very popular in Ireland. Uh, it's still a great breeding ground for people bringing out their young horses to educate them, and children starting off riding. And the equestrian, the equestrian uh, aspect is, is, is very strong in, in, in Wicklow. Like we've two very good pony clubs. We have, you know, for the children, we have the Wicklow Pony Club, the Brave Pony Club, and not too far, Shillelagh Pony Club right. as well. So, yeah, Wicklow's great, actually, for, for a question. I have a question, purposes. Gary. A horse has just been brought to, uh, in front of us. Yes. And he is um, uh, wrapped. It would probably be the best way to say it. Yes. His head is wrapped, his body is wrapped. Why would that horse be? Now, he, he's a unique little character, that guy. Um, He's, he's one of our better ponies, but he suffers from a condition called sweetage, which he gets in the summer. And 
His skin is irritated by midges, midges and flies and it causes him to get ex extremely itchy and he rubs his tail and his mane off the trees and posts which causes skin irritation. So we have covered him as you can see there from head to tail. He has a, a nice green blanket you can see there and a cover for his head to stop him getting severely itched and scratched. Right. So that's he's, he's unique. He's, it's 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 sweet itch is the allergy he has. You will see it from time to time in ponies. It's very uncomfortable for them. And what we've done there is we have just given them extra protection against the elements. When you mention something like that, and uh, for him, is are there peculiarity of um, diseases or, or things that affect horses that um, are you, you have to particularly cope with here? Generally speaking, no. Generally speaking, no. But what we, we've talked there, the Swedish, is, is particularly unpleasant, yeah. you know. And it's it, it's a genetic, it's a genetic thing that they, that they have. It's it's blood related, um, and it's it's unfortunate. But generally speaking, no. There'd be there'd be nothing really in general, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's um, we. It, it reminds me of, from a human perspective, of what I've seen of epidermolysis bullosa. Correct, something similar. Like yeah, that. yeah. Arthritis, or yeah. you know, some sort of a, a, a skin disease that would be reasonably random. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But yet it's prevalent. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That would be a very good. Yeah. Well, Gary, thanks for explaining all that to no us. No problem. Been fascinating. Yeah. Pleasure. And, uh, pleasure. Anytime. As I said, uh, this facility you have here is fantastic in every way. The whole surroundings, the scenery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Thank you yourself and, and Mary for coming to visit us here and just to, you know, to have a look around and I hope you've enjoyed your, we have your trip down we and, and are a little bit wiser about what we do. Indeed, <laughs> and you never know, you might get some Canadians <laughs> wanting to come and do some... More than, yeah, more than welcome. We have visitors from all over the world. Mm. All over the world. Thank you. <laughs>